Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Johnny McFarlane and joining me today is Jules Boyle. He's got a David Beckham-esque metatarsal injury, but he's still here. Alrighty. It's where the comparisons with David Beckham begin and end, Jules. Pretty much end. So, we're going to talk about a few of the burning issues in Scottish football today, including Alfredo Morelos being linked with a move to Crystal Palace. Ross McCrory leaving for a loan deal at Portsmouth with an option to buy. A bit of controversy surrounding Morton and Inverness. Stevie May potentially moving to another club in the Premiership. And finally, we're going to have a little talk about the wild card that is young Karamoko Dembele. So, we are going to first of all go straight into the news that... A uh, Spanish-speaking football website is reporting that Crystal Palace are showing an interest in Alfredo Morelos. Jules, do you think Alfredo Morelos is ready to make that move right now at 22 to the Premier League? Um, potentially. Um, obviously, his temperament is a major issue um, down there. I mean, the boy obviously knows how to score. He, you know, he's a very good player in a lot of elements, um, but the temperament sort of lets him down. Crystal Palace... You know, it's not a huge club. Um, it would be up against a lot of, you know... <laughs> they're, 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 they've got a lot of good players. Oh, they do. They absolutely they've do. Got, uh, he's going to be facing Benteke up there, who would be in front of him if he was to go. Um, they've, they've got some quality through. I mean, Zaha's there, um, Van Arnholt and left-back. They've just sold Juan Bissaka for 50 million quid. They've got a bit yeah. of talent. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Not, saying, you know, not a big club in the world of you know English Premier League of that level. Um, I think he could do. It's a tricky one. I think with the right manager and with the right you know, coaching and the right sort of shape around him, I think he could do very well. Um, but it's a question whether he'll get that and whether he'll get a chance to do it. To me, he's a project player for a Premier League club. Yes, he's the 100%. equivalent of Bayou at Celtic. Bio, Bayou. I'm still not sure. Not entirely. Myself. Someone has to yeah. tell. Hopefully, at the start of the season. Uh, one of the commentators at BT or Sky will give us an a, an absolute pronunciation because I'm all over the place with my pronunciation. Anyway, he's a bit like that. He's a um, he's very much would be a project player, someone that they would take on and develop. I don't think Morelos right now is your starting number nine at Premier League level. He's absolutely got the talent to do that. I just think it's a little early for him. I think he'd need a season to adapt. Yeah. Um, he's got the physical profile, he's strong, he's he's a good finisher in a lot of situations. Um, obviously, the temperament could be an issue. But for me, his his overall game should be putting him on the radar of scouts from the Premier League. It's just whether or not they want to you know, put him in right now. Perhaps they'll take the same approach as clubs like Manchester United and Man City with Takiran Tierney, which is let him go to a championship club, we'll have a look at him and if he's good enough, we'll purchase him. <laughs> um I've always liked Morelos as a player. I think he's. It was obvious within three months of of arriving at Ibrox that he was a cracking buy. Um, but I also think, and I don't know if you agree, that perhaps it is the time for him to depart, and that it would be good for Morelos. It would be good for Rangers. And I think Stephen Gerrard, from what he said, I think he might be open to it. He's got Jeremy Defoe there. It would give him the option of buying another striker in. And uh, I just get the sense from the mid music that were Crystal Palace or, or someone of their outcome in, and then 
I think Rangers would be open to doing a deal if they could get the kind of money that, that they've already stated they'd be looking for, which is Dembele kind of cash, and that would put them in the sort of £20 million range. I don't think they'll get that for them. But if they were to get anything approaching £15 million, I think Rangers would snap, snap your hand off for that. Yeah, I think they definitely would. Um, it's a question whether you know how much they would they get for him, um, and whether it's worth the way to get rid of him. As, as you said, you know, um, the foe is there. Uh, they've got a, a, you know, a team behind them. Um, I think he would do well down there. It would be a project. I think I don't, you know, obviously it's a step up when you get down there from our league. Not to put it down anyway, it is definitely a step up. The players are playing against, the players are playing with, and competing with. It wouldn't be an immediate walk in. Um, I don't think he's ready for that yet at the moment. But I think he would do well if the circumstances were right around it. Absolutely. Well, time will tell. Um, this uh, website that's, that's uh, put this up has had some decent um, stories in the past, so whether or not it's substantiated or not over the coming days, we will obviously have the news on Football Scotland. Moving on to another Rangers issue, uh, Ross McCrory has left the club. He turned down last-minute interest from Sunderland to move to Portsmouth. Now, they're in League One, similarly to Sunderland, and he will be going down there on a 12-month loan, but while I think most Rangers fans were expecting that, absolutely, um, this element of the deal has come as a surprise, which is there's an option to buy in there, um, which leads me to believe that Steven Gerrard finds some surplus to requirements. Uh, does that surprise you, Jules? Yeah, it does, actually. Um, I think you know a 12-month loan deal is exactly what he needs. I think it would do well for him. Um, and I would expect Rangers to kind of want him back. Um, the, I don't know. The option to buy potentially is just to make the loan deal more attractive, possibly? Well, um, I mean, I think it's quite standard, but uh, it's standard in loans where the club is quite happy, obviously, to, let, to let the player go. Yeah. And normally, it's quite a fixed situation. So you, you've had scenarios whereby the club have changed manager and the new manager's going, oh, I'd like to get this player back, but the option to buy is kicked in and, and that deal has been done under the nose of a manager who wants to keep the player. Now, obviously the player would then have to decide between Rangers and Portsmouth in that situation and nobody thinks Steven Gerrard's going to be leaving. But it still seems that um, Rangers have made the decision, we're quite happy to let Ross McCrory go, when you would have thought, send him down to League One, get him 50 games of football, toughen him up, he comes back up here as a 22-year-old, hardened from that league, um, hopefully more experienced, more confident, um, having improved as a player as well. And, you know, Rangers have got a very talented 22-year-old youth graduate who loves the club, potentially going straight into that first team. Looks like that Steven Gerrard doesn't quite think that he's got the ability to perhaps uh, make that that jump. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I mean, it does actually look at, you know, he doesn't think there's potential there for all those things to happen, but you would think it would. Um, but if he's doing that, it's, you know, it suggests that he's happy to let him leave. I don't really see why. I really don't. I think he's you know, a promising player. He's got a lot of talent. You know, it needs a bit of honing. You know, that 12 months where I've done the world are good. And to come back up here, as you say, he came back up and be an asset to the team. And now, you know, if they just happily get rid of him now, you know, it's a bit of a strange move. Yeah, and he showed, he showed his quality in that, that game against Celtic, the 1-0 game in the 31st of December, I think it was, where um, he played really terrifically well in that midfield, added a muscularity to the team that, that hadn't been there previously and really dealt with... Um, the way Celtic's midfield can have had dominated that fixture, you know, he got really stuck in about them, um, pressed them high up the pitch, and and was was a key component to that win. Um, so he's proved he can he can handle himself at that top level of Scottish football. I suppose it's about 
whether or not he has the ability to do that on a consistent basis because he went away on that pre-season, that sort of mid-season tour that they had to Tenerife, probably expecting to be a mainstay. And he came back and he was out of the team for, obviously, Stephen Davis. Glenn Kamara came in. What I would say about Glenn Kamara, and I think this is important, the impact Glenn Kamara has had in the short time he's been at his Rangers, I think he's done more than Ross McCrory has, has done. 100%. Um, Absolutely. At any point in his Rangers career. Uh, Glenn Kamara's looked that good. And I think that's all about Stephen Gerrard raising the standards of the club. And unfortunately, what would have been good enough two years ago when Pedro Cascina was the manager at Rangers just isn't good enough now. And I think sometimes clubs have to take hard decisions, ruthless decisions. And Ross McCrory, I think, has got a great future ahead of him. But actually on this, I can kind of understand it and I can kind of see Stephen Gerrard's thinking because if you've got Glenn Kamara, you've got Stephen Davis um, in that midfield, in that sort of base of midfield position, um, that's before we start talking about the new players that have come in. Ryan Jack can play in there as well. Um, if you've got those guys there, do you really see Ross McCrory getting a game? I don't. Um, I, I think they're more comfortable on the ball than he is. I think they've got more options going forward, and I think that's what you need at Rangers. Yeah, sure, Ross McCrory might have been um, a really handy player to have around when you're playing in big games in Europe away from home or perhaps against Celtic. But even then, I don't think he's first pick. He might be second pick so or a, or a handy sub to have. So I think he's better going away and, and, and going out on loan, getting game time, and then pursuing his career elsewhere because I do think that... Um, while it's it's unusual and while people are looking at it and saying, I'm not sure about this, I can kind of understand. It's like one of those ruthless decisions you have to make as a manager. I can see the logic behind it. Okay, well, we're going to move on now. Uh, this is a, a, an interesting story. Now, obviously, we have an, a, a TV deal between the BBC and uh, the championship clubs. And uh, we're now seeing Friday night football um, on the Beeb, on their new channel uh, from the championship. And part of that means that there's obviously fixtures that are changing time slots. So Morton are playing against Inverness. I think it's the 31st of August, Saturday. That was when it was due to be played. And the, the fixture has been moved to 7.05 kickoff on the Friday night for TV. Now, Morton have released a statement basically saying they want a 360-degree review of the process and the way this is handled because it should really be teams that are close together if it's going to be a Friday kickoff. It should be geographically similar. Now, they've said in the statement, it's a very balanced statement. It's not one of the crazier statements, unfortunately. We want more crazy, Morton. <laughs> um, but it's very it's very sensible, and it's saying, you know, we understand that there's geographical difficulties, especially with two Dundee teams in the league, but you need to be thinking about this as part of the thing. And, as part of the, the, the process, and, and, and you've got to look at this and think they're absolutely right. Morton fans having to make a 400-mile round trip, right? Number one, on a Friday night, uh, they've got to get to the stadium for, seven. Well, let's say 6.45 to, to be there in reasonable time for kickoff. Now, three-hour, 50-minute journey, I mean, you're having to leave your work at 2, 2.30 to get there for that time. Is this not just another example of Scottish football not thinking about the fans, not putting the customers first and foremost, and aren't more than absolutely right to highlight this, Jules? 100%. Absolutely. I don't think anyone can remotely argue with that. I think, um, as you said, you look at the, the time difference, the time it will take them to get there, you know, every, every fan going, going to take a half day for work. 
for a start. We actually have to take holiday for work to get there. Never mind the journey. Um, to get all the way up there. I mean, you see Inverness fans complaining about before what's happened to them. They've got like lunchtime kickoffs down here or things like that. It's insane. It's, it, you know, of all the things you look at it, and as you say, you look at the geographic distance and you think, no, that's ins- you know, we can't do that. Plenty of other games we can rearrange. Um, they just, you know, obviously they don't care. It's about the money for the you know the TV, and they just allocate it. Yeah, well, I think what it is is that the TV companies will look at that fixture and say, oh, that's potentially a tasty fixture. You know, yep. Morton have got a new manager. They've made some good signings. Uh, I personally, I think Morton are going to be one of the, the teams that are challenging for that league this year. If you look at David Hopkins' record at, at, at Livingston, he set them up in a certain way that was absolutely perfect for championship football. He's It's, it's not what I would consider <laughs> attractive um, football to watch. It's not what I would probably want for my own team. But at the same time, I think if you're a fan of a smaller club, you want winning football at all costs. And, and Morton, they're a club that, that really needs to get back up to the big time. They're a big club. And, and I think David Hopkin, he's got a real chance of doing it with his style of play. And especially the players that he's been bringing in, been quite impressed. I think John Sutton, getting him out of retirement, that could be a key move. Sutton's always scored goals wherever he's been. I believe he's in the top 10 scorers in the history of of the Scottish Premiership. That's right, yeah. Um, so that tells you a bit about him. He's only 35, and the way they play, a target man is absolutely essential, and I think he could do a really, really good turn for them. And they've brought in other good players as well, so, um, yeah, I think Morton can do do really well. But So I think that's why the BBC are thinking, listen, Morton going up to Inverness. Inverness have, have had a good end to the season as well. John Robertson's done a good job there. These are two sides that could actually surprise people and, and be in contention for this championship against the two Dundee clubs. But uh, you know it's a difficult one because you've got you've got to put the fans uh, foremost in your thoughts when these things are being discussed. Yeah, right. We're we're going to move on to um, Stevie May now, a player that's um, I think when he signed for Aberdeen, I remember saying to to one of my Aberdeen supporting colleagues, I thought it was a brilliant signing. I guarantee he'll score twenty goals by the end of the season. Uh, Mystic Meg, yeah, septic (laughs) peg, more like. Um, He's not had the greatest of spells. you feel for him because he doesn't look the same player. He doesn't look physically the same specimen. You know, he's had a lot of really serious injuries and he, he had an explosive burst of pace when he was at St. Johnson. Um, but given that Aberdeen have now tied up uh, Curtis Main, who I think will be a good signing for them, and uh, they've also now made sure that James Wilson will be part of this, the side going forward, uh, didn't show an awful lot for me last season but clearly Derek McInnes thinks he's there's more to come from the lad um, and that would put presumably me quite far down the pecking order given Sam Cosgrove was the second top goal scorer in the league so there is now interest in Stevie May from St Johnson which you would expect he's a legend of the club um, you know a, a key component in their march to the Scottish Cup the only trophy that the club have won the only major trophy the club have won in their history um, uh, that would be expected uh, especially when it's the same manager Tommy Wright then you've got both Dundee clubs Dundee looking for a striker they've just got rid of Kenny Miller Dundee United have got Lauren Shanklin I mean Stevie May and Lauren Shanklin would be an exciting partnership um, but they're said to be interested if they could uh, jettison another striker on their books there's, there's talk of striker Osman so can be um, offloaded but that that's assuming that Dundee United won't off, offload him you know uh, Robbie Nielsen knows all about what he can do having had him at Hearts and I don't think his fitness has been the best in the six months that he's been at United so time will tell I think that one would be more unlikely 
Um, but then you look to St Mirren, who are also said to be interested. They've made a big signing, having snapped up Tony Andrew, who I think uh, you know has always been a, a, a player of substance in the Scottish Premiership. So I think he'll be a good signer for them, and perhaps uh, pairing up with him at St Mirren would be something that would add uh, add quality and, and, and add firepower to them. So there's a lot of options there. Where do you think Stevie May should go? Or do you think he should stay at Aberdeen? Um, sadly, I think his time at Aberdeen's gone. Um, as you say, they've brought in um, uh, Curtis, they've brought in the uh, Wilson boy. Um, I don't, uh, no, he's not had the best of time up there. I think it's you know, definitely the time that he's moving on. As you say, again, a no, lot, of, lot of teams interested. I think he could be an asset to every team that you mentioned there. Um, equally, St Johnson's probably, I would say, the favourite for it. You know, I think for him, for him as well. That he's a Perth lad. He's a Perth lad. I mean, that thing you like myself. Like yourself, exactly. You can't go home again, but a lot of the time you can. I think he'd be you know, welcome with open arms. I think it would Most people m- who leave Perth don't ever want to go back. <laughs> so that's another story. We're not allowed out. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it would give him a lift as well. You know, he's been very unlucky with injuries, as we know. Um, as you say, he seems to be slightly off for a while. I think that would give him a bit of a boost, and I think it would be natural home for him. But to be honest, I can see him doing well in any of those clubs. Do you think he's the same player? That he was. Do you think he can refine that form? He looks to me like a player that's had to almost change his game because he was a guy that you could. He was strong, mm-hmm. um, but he was also f- really fast, so he could kind of like come short or go long. Whereas now he's much more going to be that that focal point, isn't he? He's got to use his power rather than his pace because he doesn't seem to have that explosive burst that he once had. Yeah. Now a lot of players struggle to reinvent themselves. You remember Alan Shearer had a lot of injuries around his knees, and then he lost a bit of that explosive pace that he once had in a Southampton and early Newcastle days, but then became a very prolific and uh, high-quality target man. But not every player can make that kind of adjustment to themselves. Roy Keane did it as well, famously. went from that box-to-box dynamo to a more defensive-minded sitting midfielder who would dictate the flow of the game. Is that something Stevie May should be thinking about, or is that something he can do? Um, I definitely think it's something they can do. Um, as you say, I mean those examples—they're very, very high-end players. Um, it's not the easiest. You, thing to you do. think it was unfair of me to compare Stevie <laughs> May to Roy Keane? Um, <laughs> perhaps you know slightly. No, it's a good example. I think you know. I think he's going to have to think of these things. Mm. And as you say, he's not got that burst of pace anymore. Um, and if he's to compete and and do well, he, you know, he's going to have to be a slightly different kind of player. But. He always looked talented. He always looked, you know, he's got the right attitude, the mental attitude. He always seemed to have a bit of dig and a bit of drive. Um, so I can see him doing it. Absolutely see him doing it in the, in the right place. Okay, well, time will tell where he ends up. Um, we are now moving on to the story of Karamoko Dembele, who made his debut for Celtic, aged just the tender 16 years old, um, against Hearts at the last game of last season. He's now... Essentially, I think a first-team player is going to be, from what um, I've heard, he's going to be um, a player that Neil Lennon wants to get in and around the first team a lot more, a player that Neil Lennon really, really likes, and obviously a player that Celtic have massive, massive hopes and aspirations for um, as part of their uh, future plans. Do you think this season is too early, or do you look at truly elite players around the world and they're genesis as players, and it often comes around this age. It's unusual in Scotland, but I think we tend to infantilise young players here. Do you think that this is a guy... Ugh, I've gone, I've gone <laughs> throaty, haven't 
<clears throat> pardon me, do you think this is a guy that can become a, a proper Celtic first team player this year? Um, absolutely, definitely. I mean, I think obviously it's a very physical game up here, and that's you know, a lot of the time that's why they don't put you know young lads on so early at 16 and stuff he is quite slight as well he's still a wee guy but you can see the talent what I think they're going to do is you know, bleed him in gradually I don't think he's going to instantly walk into the first team he's not going to be doing 90 minutes every week you know he'll probably come on you know as a sub late in the game you know probably when you know, defensive are tired or whatever like that um, get used sparingly the team are winning and things like that they're not going to be um, throwing him in they're going to look after him they're going to you know, treat him with kid gloves even though he's in the first team he's you know, going to be looked after because he is such a you know, prospect, they're not going to you know waste them, but I think the Lions definitely want to use them. You can see where he is now, see what he's done already. Um, yeah, so this is the time for him, I think. There's a lot of speculation. We know that Tom Rogic, potentially the subject of a, of a big, big, a big, big, a big bid, a big bid. I'm having trouble speaking <laughs> today from Zenit St. St. Petersburg. Um, Callum McGregor, there's this talk of interest from Leicester. I think that's less concrete than, than, than for Rogic um, do, you, do, you suspend, do you suspect that Celtic should be thinking about offloading one of these guys to make room is that what they should be thinking about make room so this guy has a space in this team or is he still a wee bit away from that is it more a sprinkling of Dembele as it were absolutely I think um, definitely there's no room to be made for him because as I said he's not going to play 90 minutes every week he's not going to be a first choice pick like you know McGregor like Rogic, he's going to be used sparingly. He's going to come on as a sub. He's going to, you know, but possibly by the end of the season, you know, he'll be playing a lot more. I think, but at the moment, there's no space needed for him because he's going to be used, you know, an impact player or you know whatever that. He's not going to be a main staple in the team, definitely yeah. not. And it's the right thing to do as well. There's a lot of people that say, "Well, why, why is this kid generating so much chat, so much interest?" But he's unlike almost anything that we've seen. You know, like, yes, there was a lot of chat about John Fleck when he came through at Ibrox, and certainly age 17, he looked like he had the potential to be the real deal. And let's be honest, John Fleck's had a bloody good career. He's at Sheffield United in the Premier League. So he's done not bad for himself. He's taken a sort of circuitous route, but he's got there in the end. Um, but Dembele, he's just that kind of player. He's the ability to to operate in between the lines, uh, use a sort of very creative mind to unlock defences, to pick a pass. I think you saw against Hearts, he had that ability with the back heels and things like that, just to to, to see play in a way that others don't, to, to open up defences, to unlock them. That's the kind of player that we don't produce, and it's the kind of player that Celtic need. And it's the kind of player that brings you in big, big bucks. So all those reasons are why people are so excited about him. How do you balance the fact that there's this genuine excitement with the fact that we don't want to over-egg the pudding with them because we've seen a lot of kids who have had hype in the past who haven't quite made it? Um, I think basically it comes back to how you use him, do you know what I mean? And don't don't make him the focal point, don't make him the superstar, don't push him on all the time and use him sparingly, use him at the right time, monitor him, you know, keep him right. Um, I think by the sounds that he's got a good family behind him as well, he's good people behind him, people that are listening to him. Um, and you basically just use him, you know, use him as literally as a project, you know, train him, get, get him knowing what he's doing and don't make him, you know, the golden boy, basically. And don't put, don't put that pressure on him. And obviously there is a danger of that because, I mean, I've been hearing about him for years, literally years, with people seeing him and, you know, like youth games and stuff and training obviously as in the media everybody's talking about him you know the fans are all talking about him so there is that danger of this snowball effect but you know as well Jules 
uh, Celtic have had this before, right? This is more developed than it was. But Islam Farouz, when he came through, you remember he made his debut in the Tommy Burns Memorial game. He's 14 years old. At that time, there was a similar level of uh, scrutiny and rumour and excitement about Farouz. And Farouz made his move to Chelsea. And we know what's happened to his career since. Uh, he's completely off the radar as far as professional football is involved. Is concerned now. Um, do you think they'll have learned from that as a club? Because it's similar sort of situation. It's kind of similar in a way. I think the personal circumstances are different from what I, what I gather. Um, obviously, he was he moved down there, which was far too early for that. I mean, yeah. that, that was a mistake. He was badly advised, or he made the right decision for his family, or whatever reasons. But he went down there. But professionally, for his football, it was the wrong decision. It absolutely was. Um, I still didn't want to hold on to him obviously, and he didn't. Um, I think this is kind of different because it's a different scenario, I think, really. It's not It's not quite the same, you know. Yeah. You know, The excitement's kind of similar, but it's not quite the same sort of situation, I think. Yeah. Uh, you look at someone like Billy Gilmore, there was, there's not quite this level of hype around Billy Gilmore because he sort of just came onto the scene maybe in the last year or so before he left for Chelsea. But he... The exact opposite of Farouz has gone down to Chelsea and looks like he's excelling down there. Uh, obviously, it's different times, different culture, different player. I think his family have gone down there with him. So it's maybe not necessarily just the club. It's There's more to it than that. There's this the specific elements to, to a transfer that make it work or not. And the specific elements to a young player's personality as to whether or not they can hack it down in the bright lights of London. I mean, I know... I mean, I was an utter fool when I was 16. So, if, you know, if I'd been good enough to play football and earn a contract like that, I mean, I think most of us would say that we'd be struggling to keep ourselves on the rails down down there where there's so many distractions. Uh, I mean, Glasgow, we think, is a big city with a lot to offer, but London is something completely different. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, at the moment, I don't think that's really a danger for um, Dembele. I, th- I think he seems to be very level-headed. You know, the family behind him, the club behind him, and it's, you know, they're very much try to hold off on you know bigging up so much but he became a bit of a you know almost a wee folk hero already um he sees interviews and he seems like a really down to earth wee guy and you know he came out of that hearts game and just lit the place up um so you know it's going to be difficult to kind of balance the things but you know at the moment you know i think it's kind of looking okay okay well we'll keep an eye on mr wildcard um but we've got a piece on that by chris doyle today talking about why um, Karamoko Dembele can be a major part in Celtic season going forward so be sure to check that out that's all from us here today no Gaby's games because there's no Gaby oh, he is dear. on a day off if you want to continue the debate get me at Johnny R McFarlane you can get Jules Captain underscore howdy have you got plenty of followers now Jules people giving you giving advice you giving you jip absolute abuse all the time mate good that's what I like to hear <laughs> If you want to talk to us um, at Football Scotland or read any of our articles, you can follow us at football underscore Scott. Um, You can follow us on Facebook by searching Football Scotland and you can get this podcast as soon as it becomes available via subscription at iTunes, Acast or any other good podcasting platform. Until Monday, thanks for listening.